Sisters, but not by birth. Family, but not by DNA. David and Adam are two of a kind, and they want to borrow some of your day to talk into your ear holes about midi chlorians and roller coasters. Those two things are unrelated, but so are they. They're unrelated at birth, like most people who aren't related. Unrelated at birth, but they're brothers in a brotherly way. Now it's time for the phenomenal brother and the golden voice of the South. They're brothers from different mothers, but they're both really proud to be unrelated at birth. And welcome everybody into another exciting first of the year edition unrelated at birth my name is as always the one the only the golden voice of the south the human jukebox dave adams coming to you from the top of the state of alabama that's right in madison alabama in the unrelated at birth podcast studios and as always i have brought along my friend from the house of mouse from saint cloud from lake buena vista from lakeland from I don't, I've, I've lost my places, Adam. Oh, oh no! <laughs> the phenomenal. Just call me. Adam just call Ryan. me Florida man, dude. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> How are you, I, sir? I have a question for you at the top of the show. Can I ask you a question? Uh, okay. Last week we talked about finding a way to close on your end. Uh huh. Did you come up with something? No. So we're gonna be winging it. Uh, well, we're just going to. I'm going to spend the whole show in anticipation of how this goes. It's so exciting. Yeah, I'm. I'm just going to let you finish it. We'll, we'll, <laughs> really? Yeah. Why not? Wow. Hey, you know what? I mean, look, I, I'll be. I'll be completely honest with you, people out there. <laughs> you, in, people. You, you people. What do you mean, you people? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be completely honest with you people out there in podcast land. This week's show almost didn't happen, and. Uh, it, it took Adam to to talk me into it just because I'm sorry. Thanks. It's your fault. Adam. It's your fault. <laughs> no, I, I don't know what it is, uh, whether it's winter dull or, or what I'm just not, I wasn't feeling myself today, but you know, as the day went on, finished my Walt Disney book, played some Xbox worked, spent time with my kids, you know, just, I, I was ready to go. So good. You have Adam to thank you for this week's show. Yeah, you're welcome, everybody. So, as always, you've got the one, the only from the top of state of Alabama, Eeyore. Oh, bother. <laughs> is my tail still there? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is, Dave. And we're glad to have you. Yay! Yay! And I have Weller 12 tonight. So I'm, yeah. I'm even happier. You know what? And one less lawnmower to worry about. So, hey, exactly. Great day all around. See, if you were on our Facebook Live, you would have heard that story. Instead, you're, not, you're wondering what the heck we're talking about. If you're not on our Facebook Live, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Every Tuesday night at 8.30, five-ish, whenever Adam can get his kids in bed, we, <laughs> <laughs> we join you on Facebook Live. Um, but real quick, big day for Alabama tonight. Yeah. Or Tuesday night. In two ways. Yeah. Beat Florida, which... They're not ranked, but at, coming off of a high losing or after beating Tennessee, awesome. Yep. And then Alabama now has its third Heisman Trophy winner in 11 years. You know what's funny? What's at funny? Some, at some schools in the state, yeah, when they have three Heisman Trophy winners, they put statues of their Heisman Trophy winners out in the front really? of their stadium uh, because they only have two national championships to hang their hat on. Is that UAB? No, it's a little, little further south. Oh, South Alabama? Yeah, a little further north. Jack State? Okay. <laughs> down on the plains. Oh, Auburn. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, down on the plains. <laughs> so, Auburn, you had to, you could hang three Heismans on us all the day. Now, what do you got? Yeah. It only because, took us 11 years to do what it took. I know, years. right? <laughs> 11 years and one coach. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Nice. 
Uh, Brad Toon here says, $10, Dave steals Adam's line to end the podcast again. Eh, he gets in a rhythm. I mean, you know, it just happens yeah. sometimes. I think a good close for Dave each week would be to end with a famous quote or a quote that fits the week. That's a great so idea, Carrie. The challenge for you this week, Dave, is to do the show. Yeah. And not have any way that anyone would know that you're doing this in the background. But you need to find an appropriate Walt Disney quote to close the show with. Oh, I've got it. Without missing a beat. Okay. I'm there good with go. that. Okay. And Jeffrey Martin, if I'm going to have two fingers of whiskey, I want them to be Andre Giant's <laughs> fingers. <laughs> Tonight was about three three fingers of whiskey, but I, I'm not going to lie. It was it, a Weller. It was a Weller 36 tonight. <laughs> yeah, pretty mm. much. Anyway, anywho, so Walt Disney. Uh, I just finished the. I can't remember the guy's name. Neil Gruber. Gruber. It's whoever did the the Walt Disney biography. I just finished it. You've read it. Yeah. Um, it's eye opening because what we see as Walt Disney, what we think we see, and what we know of as Walt Disney, is not Walt Disney the man at all. Uh. To me, we'll start with what I thought was sad first. Okay. The guy who <clears throat> every child knows who he is and has made every childhood's fantasy wasn't that big of a family man. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, he had two daughters. Yeah, he did. One adopted, one, one biological. And... He spent most of his time at the shop. And, and even when he made the trains in his backyard, he was with his trains and not his family. Remind you of a certain generation? A, a whole lot. <laughs> I mean, well, the, the work, the working was, I mean, that was common. Right. For that, for that generation, you know, that time period, especially when you think of all the things that he was doing between it's not just a movie studio, it's a movie studio and a theme park and Imagineering, which is a whole other business model in and of itself. Right. But I mean, it's really, I mean, if you think about it, those trains are not that different from a lot of people chasing video games and collectibles and all that kind of stuff. I'm not hey, saying anything. Hey, I'm not, no, listen, hey. let me finish. I'm not saying that you that anybody here makes it waste time with their family or that their priorities are out of line, but there are a lot of people out there like that who who can take it to a point where it's more destructive and, and doesn't actually, you know, provide anything beneficial to them. Others use it more responsibly as an outlet. So and I think that's where most of us fall. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's not that different. That, it's very funny that you would be we'd be talking about this first thing off the bat. Yeah. Because y'all challenged me to find a, a quote. And the very first quote I come up with from Walt Disney, a man should never neglect his family for business. Yeah. But Walt did just that. Well, I don't think he neglected his family, though. His family wasn't didn't want for anything. His family didn't. No, they didn't want for anything. You know, but did Diane and, and Shannon, Sharon? Sharon. Yeah. Did Diane and Sharon have a male role model in their life that they saw how he reacted to Lillian their entire life. And, and that's how, what they looked for in men. I don't think so. I mean, I, it, it, with the time he spent, I don't think they would have seen it as much as if he had been home all that time. But at the same time, I don't think that he was absent. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. And again, it was different back then. I mean, it was a different mentality. And, it, and I think that this year brings it into a stark relief for us because if we weren't at home working remotely, spending an inordinate amount of time with our families compared to other years, a lot of us might read that book and be like, oh, okay, so he worked a lot. Yeah. I have a long commute, you know, or I have a long work day or something like that, or I drive a truck that's just like me. But now so many of us are remote that it's like, wow, he was never at home. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember Lucky. what that was like, you know. <laughs> Lucky man. No. <laughs> but no, I, I you know, so it is it is interesting to look at it that way. Um Jeffrey Martin asks, but in that time, uh was it not more thing for a man to provide for his family, which unfortunately yes. meant, unfortunately meant less time with the family. Agreed. I, I agree with that. Yeah. But then we get into uh, the later part of his life. He had his nurse at uh at Walt Disney entertainment or WDI 
whatever it was, WDE. Wet uh, Enterprises, yeah. Yeah, he had his nurse that was his go-to person. Like, he would quit the day and then go have a, a whiskey water or whatever, he, uh, scotch and water in the nurse's office and just sit there and talk to her for hours. Yeah, That should have been the job that Lillian did. Sure, had. sure. So I, it bothers me a little bit that this man that that – I grew up idolized, I'm not going to grew up, but since I've become such a huge Disney fan, but that I've idolized, for yeah. lack of a better term, might not be the man that I thought he was. Well, in that one regard, I mean, but it's always, you know, they always say that the milkman's family always runs out of milk and yeah. the baker's family always runs out of bread because they're so focused on providing milk and bread to everybody else. Yeah. Probably a little bit of that is true there. The guy who's do doing that. things for all of this family is so focused on making memories for other families that he put more time than we in this day and age think is pertinent into his work. But yeah. back then it was probably par for the course. You know, it's a completely yeah. different time. And so. And, and so starting off, though, it, it blows my mind how a man who didn't even finish high school created so many things. Yeah. I mean, he he's credited with the first real good uh, full length uh, animation, Snow White, which they thought would drive people crazy. Right. They they called it Walt's Folly when it first came out because they thought people would literally go insane watching a cartoon for that long. But Isn't it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And and then he created a whole new camera to a whole new system to shoot the animation mm-hmm. for that. And, and then we see later on in life, he creates a whole new uh, way of of listening to a movie for Fantasia. Yeah. And then when he gets into Disneyland, he creates basically the whole 1960 World's Fair. Yeah. So he's an artist. He's a director and an inventor. Well, and... and- Go ahead. Sorry. And he, and he didn't even finish high school. Well, and if he would have actually um, lived a little bit longer, and I'm, I'm glad that things worked out the way they did. Not I'm glad he died when he did, but I'm glad things worked out the way they did. He would have been a city planner, too. Yeah, but see, I still don't think Epcot would have would have worked the way he wanted it. Oh, to. I, don't, I don't know that it would have worked, but it would have been built. I mean, he would not have said no. <laughs> you know, well, that's not what he was known for. Yeah. So it would have happened. But the, the one thing about Epcot that I think is so fascinating is that you you see how he wanted all of the underground roads to be where the 18 wheelers and the heavy traffic and the haulers and stuff like that were. And now you got Elon Musk basically talking about the same thing. And he's yeah. a visionary. And it's like, dude, <laughs> I mean, Walt Disney just didn't really have the technology to pull that off. And I don't think it would have worked in Florida just because the water table is right. so low. You would have had to build that kind of like the Utilidor at Magic Kingdom is actually the first floor. It's above ground. But it's under the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, I still have to find a way to get into the Utilidor. Keys to the Kingdom tour, man. I know, know. absolutely worth it. Absolutely worth it. But, but it um that would have been the one thing that I think would have been really interesting. Particularly a lot of places around here, when you head out to Polk County, when you head out to Lakeland, you head out to Davenport. There's a lot of um a lot of warehouses and a lot of factories and things like that, and you have a lot of eighteen wheeler traffic on some of these roads. And um, especially in some of the rural areas where those warehouses and stuff are. So it would have been fascinating just to see how that would have changed things. Yeah, it you know? is. It, it, it would have been great. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, too, is. And and I hate how people have romanticized Walt Disney's legacy with the company. Um, we're going to get into some stuff here. And I want to preface this by saying this is my opinion. And Adam's opinion. This is he does not speak for the company. I, I don't know where you're going with this, Dave. You're making me nervous. Well, no, it's you know, there are some some people that we know, yeah, that look at what is going on with Walt Disney World and, and as a company with Walt Disney Corporation right now and say Walt would have never done it this way. Mm-hmm. Firing people because times are rough and, and blah blah blah. Adam, I just got done reading this book and he fired people just because he wanted to. That's what and you did he, back then, though. But I mean, then he would rehire them. But still, yeah. this whole Walt would have found a way to do things differently. No, he wouldn't. Walt well, would have spent the money and and Roy would have made him fire these people. 
Well, and that's that's one of the things though is the 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 reason that Walt had the ability to do that was a it was a different time again you know the same kind of thing it was back you know 50 60 years ago completely different than it was or 60 70 years ago completely different even mentality around work and firing and stuff like that it's just what happened right. but it, the thing that Walt did is there's no other company out there that has and there probably are some but there's none that have such a prominent um program to identify their legends like the Disney legends that are out there and what Walt did, and it's actually two books I would recommend to anybody is Dream It, Do It by Marty Sklar mm-hmm. and Building a Company, which is a lesser known book, but it's about Roy's contributions. It's from his viewpoint completely. It's actually Ooh. a really, really fascinating book called Building a Company. And what Walt did was he had the right people around him. Yep. If you think what, about the nine old men and Marty Sklar and Roy and all the names, Exitensio and all of those names of people that were around him, he had the talent brought in. And that's what ends up happening today that causes some of the stuff that your friends and everybody else likes to rail about is when you get that big. And I've always said it about the central Florida area, and I'm not talking about any cast member in specific. I'm just saying mathematically when there are half a million people in the Orlando area and you hire 60, 70, 80,000 people in that one area alone, you're taking 10 to 20% of the workforce into one shot. If the right. population of, of an area just follows a bell curve in terms of performance and you hire 20% of that bell curve, you're going to get mostly average, a few really good ones, and some off the tail. And that makes you average in all. But the thing that Disney expects more and that expectation is what pulls them up. But we don't have the privilege anymore of being a small windman shop in the middle of Burbank where we can hire the the exitensio and hire these three guys to do the voices of the happy haunts and you know you can't yeah. cherry pick anymore because it's so big now right and that that lends to 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 being average and we expect more and we get more out of our people and that's really what i think the difference is at the end of the day but walt surrounded himself very specifically with people that well, made it, the stuff great i mean i think about let me say this really quick i think yeah. about marty sklar and the fact that this dude if you think about any contribution to any of the theme parks that was as, as just, I, I don't want to say life-changing, but as significant as this. Marty Sklar walks in and they had a model for a futuristic theme park and they had a model for a world's fair. And he was like, why don't we just do them together? And he pushes the two models together and Epcot was born, man. These people right. were sitting in rooms dreaming up Epcot for Pete's sake. And we have Galaxy's Edge and all that kind of stuff now, but it's a much larger group of people that have to pull that off because it's just bigger to do now, you know? So my first point is you and I both are wearing crimson right now. Yeah, we are. Which means that we are huge fans of Nick Saban. Sure. It's the same thing that Nick Saban does. He hires people that he knows know more than he does. Yeah. You know, and, and he tr- sometimes to a fault, he trusts them to do things that that he knows that he might not know how to do. Yeah. And, and so he he knows that when things are going great, it's their their responsibility. When things are going bad, it's on him. Sure. Yeah. So uh, the other thing that blew my mind, and you, you talked about this, you know, it took three years to do two rides and a land at Galaxy's Edge in both parks, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It took two years to do all of Disneyland. Yeah. It blows my mind at the technology they didn't have. Yeah. At how quickly they were able to get things done. Well, but that's what makes me laugh now is God bless all of the people that whether it's a hobby or a career that follow Disney World and Disneyland very closely and have blogs and YouTube channels. It is a lot of work to do all of that and more power to you guys for that. But imagine if 1955 was 2021 and a new land opens at Disney World and women's heels are sinking into the pavement. The water fountains don't work. People are jumping over the fence yep. because they have faked tickets. Imagine if that happened today. Oh, oh. Walt would have done it. No, Walt wouldn't have done it differently. That happened when he was opening Disneyland. Right. Sometimes there's bumps along the way. Sometimes there's things that happen that aren't ideal. And when you're inside and you're working through those things, you can actually see what's being done to fix it. 
It's like when you're building a house or a Publix, right? The outside of the Publix gets done. They hang up the sign. Three months later, it's still not open. What the heck are they doing in there? Well, they're laying the floor. They're putting up the shelves. They're stocking the shelves. They're printing the prices. They're getting the pharmaceutical department set up. And all of that's happening, but you don't see it. Right. Wow, they're just really slow at opening Publix. You know, the founder of Publix would have not done it that way because you don't see everything going on on the inside to make it better. But all of these voices, I mean, the true sense of it. And we had this conversation before, David, I'm not trying to dog anybody out, but the true sense right now is nobody listens to a positive take anymore. They want to hear the hot take. They want to hear the hot thing, but those people would have had a fit when Disneyland opened. Oh, I agree. I you know, agree. It wasn't perfect then. It's not perfect. Now it will never be perfect because Walt himself said it is in a constant state of becoming and yep. it always will be. I mean, so. they only had, and I'm sitting here trying to think and try to remember, they only had, I think like, three or four rides. I, I don't mean, know the answer to that question. They didn't have Haunted Mansion. They didn't have Big Thunder. They didn't have Space Mountain. They didn't have any of the 1960s stuff. Uh, Let's see. So here are the 13 opening day attractions that are still there. The Railroad, the Cinema, Autopia, the Carousel, Mr. Toad, Peter Pan, Mad Tea Party, Snow White, Casey Jr., Mark Twain Riverboat, the Storyland, the Storybook Land Boats, Jungle Cruise, and the Golden Horseshoe. Okay. But well, I mean, there's not a Space Mountain in there. No, there's not. Or a Big Thunder Mountain, you know. And, so. and there's there's no e-ticket item there. And what's funny is you had to pay to get on all of these rides. Yeah. And, and which blows my mind. I mean, that the ticket book, yeah. We're, we're sitting here whining about fast passes not being around right now. And people had to actually pay to get into the ride. I mean, yeah. now granted it was, I think $20 gets you entry and a book of tickets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But still $20 then is probably what a hundred something now mm -hmm. easily. Yeah. And look at what the ticket prices are. No, I know. And now you can get, now you can get it. Here's, here's your plug. Now you can get into Disney world. For fifty dollars a day on a four day pass. That's right. Where's all the praise for that? Because there's been plenty of uh, negativity. Mm. Mm. Oh wait, wait, sorry, sorry. We're we are positive. The power of positivity <laughs> tonight, y'all. Um, <laughs> wow, we just got in our preacher's box. Uh, yeah, we anyway, did. Uh, I I do think that there is. We need to put Walt Disney on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. But it does not need to be as high a pedestal as most people have put him on. Or as high uh, of a pedestal. At all. A pedestal. Pedestal. That's what pedestal. I said. Pedestal. Oh. Pedestal. 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 Welcome there you to go, Brad. the podcast. <laughs> there you go, Brad. You got your... <laughs> your I did that for him, yes. Uh, but... I, I do think that he deserves praise because of what he did and how he started and yeah. how he basically took no, didn't take no for an answer. Yeah. But I think we need to look more at the people or like you were saying earlier, the people around Walt and, and praise them because the way we look at it now is Walt Disney is the one that created everything. Yeah. Actually, no, Walt Disney's the one with the the ideas, but everyone else had the the creative arm. Uh, I think Roy doesn't get near the uh, no. recognition that he deserves. I agree. Um, so the the other thing too that blew my mind. And I, I know I'm jumping around at this, but this yeah. this book just totally blew my mind. They made Snow White or Sleeping Beauty's castle, right? Mm -hmm. Sleeping Beauty hadn't even come out yet. Yeah. I think Sleepy Beauty came out in 58, but they made the the opening of Disneyland was 55. They knew. Well, they knew because it's been it had been in production forever. Yeah. Uh Cinderella was actually out yeah. already. So why did Disney World get Cinderella's and not another princess? That's a good question. I don't know. Do you think they might have been trying to do synergy even way back then? Maybe. It's highly possible. Hmm. Yeah, because I'll tell you, the, the, if you think about the people, you know, you talk about the people that he had around him. Just one more point on that. Yeah. Is that um, the Sherman brothers, all of these people, you know, and it was a tight knit group and they wrote Mary Poppins and all the some of the attraction stuff like it was the same people producing multiple aspects of it. 
Yep. And one thing a lot of people talk about with today's Disney is Star Wars. And I think it's a it's a fairly good lesson to learn there um, is that Marvel, the, the way that they pulled off the whole MCU trajectory was almost a masterclass in continuity and storytelling, right? Because everything okay. tied in, everything wrapped up completely in the end, starting from Iron Man, they realized what they had, they put a plan together, they executed it. And then you look at Star Wars and it doesn't, they had different directors and different writers and they didn't really have a plan and it became disjointed. And the fans are, are divided between, is it great or is it not great? You know? And I think that if you look at it, when you get again to the size where Star Wars is one thing and Muppets is owned and run by another and, Avengers and the, the Marvel stuff is one ABC television group is over here. Disney plus is over there. It, it gets to that point where it's kind of crazy. And I think that's honestly why Bob stayed on Bob Iger stayed on to be over creative. Cause you almost have to have one com- at least one common thread. Yeah. And I think that's what Walt's original organization proved is that when the same people are writing the stuff, the quality stays consistent. Yep. When you deviate exactly. and fluctuate, it gets a lot harder. And I think that's why he wanted to keep his fingers in it a little bit. But I think that's the biggest thing to learn from his organization then is, man, it's just, it is absolutely crazy to go to Disneyland. And I know you talked about, I saw your post where you're, you want to go and all of that. When you walk through Disneyland, the thing that's crazy is when you ride the Haunted Mansion, it's not a re-recording and it's not anything that's been changed. When you go and you see great moments with Mr. Lincoln, that's the actual recording in the actual place where they were, the actual state locale where they recorded it, they had no idea when they recorded that, what they were doing. Oh, I know. No in idea fact, whatsoever what they were doing. They were making it up as they went along and did fact, what they thought was the right thing. And we're still going. Lincoln, was a, failure. Lincoln yeah. was a failure at the 1960s World Fair. I mean, people were amazed at that. That was this a real man and everything, but he had technical problems and he leaked hydraulic fluid and, they picked the wrong color. And so it looked like he was bleeding. It's just insane, man, you know, of what they went through to get there. But I mean, when you go there and you ride jungle cruise or you go and you look at the bench that they have, that's the actual one that he sat on when he thought of Disneyland, it's just like, man, it's a good thing. This worked out, dude. I know. (laughs) know? There were were so many times that, that it, you know, a butterfly flaps his wings and we hawking, you know, that, you know, throw back to one of our earlier episodes. Of course. Uh, Yeah. That that they could have bankrupt Disney, yeah, the the company, because if if Snow White hadn't have been the success, they're done. Yeah, if if you know some movie didn't didn't yeah. work, they're done. If ABC hadn't have said, all right, yeah, we're going to go with with Walt for Uncle Walt. Yeah, they're done. Exactly. If Bank of America hadn't given them a shot. They're done. Yeah. Sometimes so, all you need is just one person, one bank, one opportunity to seize yeah. everything you ever wanted, you know, but <laughs> um, you're not going to go with that. Uh, you get one shot to not lose a yeah, chance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, but, I do. Oh, go ahead. So your dad brings up a, a point that he wants to make. The people around him and closest to him are the very ones that put him high on the pedestal. Actually, I disagree. Reading the book, and and, and uh, has your dad read the book, the biography that you know of? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Walt made that edict that it was not, you know, Marty Sklar's blah, 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 or whatever, whatever. It was always Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. Walt Disney didn't know how to draw Mickey Mouse. That was a iWorks. Yeah. In fact, they were talking about that at a party where Walt and, and Ub were there. You know, whenever Walt was signing his autograph, he'd have to draw Mickey Mouse. He'd sign his name and say, "Oh, draw Mickey for me." Yeah, but so, but I think, but I think, I think his point though, and and I'll I'll go the opposite way, not just because it's my dad, but when you watch documentaries about the nine old men, when you watch and you hear Marty talk, it's always Walt. Yes, it's always Walt's thing. But they talk about him with a reverence, like players from the seventies and sixties talk about the bear. It's the same yeah. kind of thing where if you were there, you knew you were capturing lightning in a bottle and you could put up with this kind of mini tyrant that he tended to be sometimes like when he wouldn't even talk to Roy for weeks at a time and made his secretary go back and forth. And yeah. him, you know? Like when that kind of stuff happened, everybody put up with it because they knew what they were doing. And in the end, he was right. I mean, you got to think about it to your point about having one opportunity. You went from being bankrupt and having Universal buy out the only character you'd created 
yeah. and coming back on that train with nothing to now this company that he started that everyone believes in what he wanted to do so much that it's maintained and grown to the point where our, our biggest competitor here in town owns lands. Who's getting royalty for the Simpsons ride now? Who's getting yeah. royalties for the Avengers area or the Marvel area now? Arbor Lava, and yeah. it's like little by little, it's even to now where even our competitors have to pay us money. <laughs> it's just like to go from, well, you were broke, dude. He was broke. He had nothing. Laugh-O-Gram failed. And, and to go from that and now you turn it around, it's just, if you can set a culture, yes, you're going to have times where you've got to lay down the law and you're going to be the one who says the final say and it is my thing and that is all there is to it. But there was something else there. There was definitely something else there because it's lasted this long. Yeah, oh, I agree. And I, I do think it's funny, though, that they went at, at its beginning. Disney needed Universal to be their distributor. Yes. And now we're to we flipped it where Universal is paying Disney. Yeah, I know it was two different companies back then. But sure. it's still, it, it's very sure. funny to look at it that way. The way the way the the circle of life works. To, Absolutely. To well, and when you when you talk about perception too, I think one of the biggest things we talked this earlier today. One of the biggest things I think that Walt did in terms of perception was it didn't really matter what anybody inside the company thought because he knew television was a key. And yeah. by having the Disneyland show actually raise money in a way and get notoriety for Disneyland before it even opened, everybody got excited about it. But Walt was in your living room telling you about this place. And then you got to go see the place that he told you about when television was brand spanking new. And I think that was probably the move that did the most for it at the end of the day. Because if it was this little place being built in the middle of some orange groves and it stayed really quiet and nothing was coming out and no updates and then one day it was open, I don't yeah. think it would have nearly been as successful as if you had him talking about it. And, oh, my gosh, I get to see it from the ground up and you feel like you're a part of it. I think that was yeah. probably the one thing that he did that, that made more of a difference than anything else. Oh, it's changed the public's perception of him and how they thought of him. You know, And now, too, along with the Disneyland show, think of the people he had with him in the studio, too. The Sherman Brothers. You've already talked about them. Yeah. How many songs have your kids sung or mm -hmm. my kids or, you know, you're you by the Sherman brothers. Yeah. And you didn't even know who they were at the time. Exactly. Think about this. Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, greenest state in the land of the free. Davy Crockett wasn't even supposed to be on TV. Yeah. And, and they just threw that song together in like a minute. Sure. And now coonskin hats are everywhere. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you too, you talk about the people closest to him. I, when I was over there for the 60th, they had, um, I can't remember if it was Richard or Robert. I think it was Richard. They had him come up and he told the story about how he would, he would be writing a song and, and figuring out some chords and Walt would be sitting in the corner listening, kind of giving him feedback. And Walt would turn and stare out the window and get kind yeah. of this look on his face and he would tell him, hey, play it. And he would play him Feed the Birds. Yep. And so he played Feed the Birds in front of the castle on the 60th of Disneyland telling that story. Oh. But it's, it's, it's for all of that time, Richard Sherman carried that with him. Carried that with him, you know? And it yeah. meant something to him. And so I think, you know, like I said, yeah, he's for us now, it's easy to say, to your point, Walt Disney. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Walt Disney, like the TV show, right? But to them, he was Walt who just yelled at me five minutes ago. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and, and your boss is never really romanticized in that way. But again, they knew they had something. So, yeah. and, and yes, uh, I understand he did do the TV show strictly to raise capital to build the park. Yes. We, we understand that. But he knew to go to TV, he knew that that was the next sure. medium to jump to. And, and I, think, I think raising capital was the intention, but raising awareness and excitement was a side effect of that that really, really drove some of the initial popularity. So right. yeah, that, and, that's and a even, great point though about the capital. That is true. And and even that was a, a gamble because at that time, no movie theater or no movie production company would work with TV because yeah. they didn't know how it would steal from the movie, uh, the movies. They yeah. wouldn't, they didn't know if it was still from people going to movies. Now, now granted it is now, but <laughs> yeah. Who could have ever foreseen the consolidation of everything around streaming services, right? Yeah, I know, right? That's crazy. Yeah, uh, man. But anyway, so so that's just a quick synopsis. We could go on for a whole four hours about Walt I, Disney. I really could. And his life. <laughs> uh, but 
we don't need to get into to a, a a rut here. Adam, what did you do during the the, the Christmas holiday there? Because I know you took some time with your family. I did. Yeah, we um we hung out here, um, watched movies, played the board games we got, did the Lego sets we got for Christmas and stuff. That choose your own adventure board game is really fun. The one I mentioned, I think it was the last show. Yeah, it was. It actually is really super cool. All right, so so how did that go? It actually went really well. Like every card is a page out of a choose your own adventure book. And then, but you have item cards that are in your inventory and you yeah. can choose any time to use them. And there's this thing in the game called a danger level where as you make certain choices, the danger level e- either goes up or goes down. And danger. exactly. And so you can use some of your, some of your items to reduce the danger level. Cause basically whatever the danger level set at, you have to roll that on the dice to win and succeed. And so you can use your items and you have to all strategize together and figure out where to go. And so we did chapter one and it took about an hour. Did it really? Chapter. Yeah. But it's, it's really, really cool. Oh, and start. Yeah. I got Mandalorian trouble. You know, the game really? with the little thing yeah. that pops in the middle. Yeah. My parents got me the Mandalorian version of that. We played that. Uh, Abe got a Minecraft Lego set. Emma's got still- these little things. She makes jelly bracelets out of and stuff. So it's been good. You still, you still haven't watched Mando. We're working on it. I'm watching it with the kids. We're on episode four of season one. We just finished it. So we're going to do five tomorrow. By next week, we'll be all the way through. So you're going to watch 18 episodes by next week. Yeah. 16 episodes, actually. 16. I'm sorry. Yeah, because yeah. we already did half of season one. So we're going to double up on a couple of days and we're going to get through season two by next week. So that's I want plan. to know. I, I, I really need to know your reaction. In fact, I think you need to live stream. When you watch episode or chapter uh, sixteen, okay, and and not, don't focus on the TV, just have the camera focused on you. Oh, so I focus on the TV, the camera focuses on me. Yes, I I, okay. I think we need a live stream of your reaction at the end of chapter eighteen or sixteen. Okay, just I think that'd be awesome. Anyway, so uh, can I say really quick though? Yeah, One thing I did not do this Christmas season is watch Elf. I've made it through another year. <laughs> How when, long can Adam make it without being forced to watch Elf? When are we going to do it for our patrons? It's going to have to be next Christmas. You can't watch a Christmas movie when it's not Christmas unless it's Die Hard because that's not a Christmas movie. It is. So, Jeffrey, <laughs> FYI, just switched to my, my TV to the YouTube feed about a five-second delay. Guess I'm dual, dual watching through YouTube from now on. Jeffrey, I need stats on what the delay is for all those ways we stream, and I need you to come back and let me know what all the delays are so that we yeah. can get this short up, man. So we're on Periscope, YouTube, and Facebook. Those are the three streaming. We could do Twitch again if we had a moderator. Uh- <laughs> I'm going, I think we're foregoing Twitch, man. <laughs> um, so I went to the beach, and, and I didn't even step foot on the beach once. Really? Not once. How did you manage that? I, I stayed away. I went to the gym while my family decided to go for the walk on the beach. I went and spent some time on the elliptical machine and, and, you know, just had fun. I went for a drive, drove over to Florida, went bourbon hunting, had a very successful bourbon hunting trip. Nice. Uh, got me some Eagle rare, some, uh, some double oaked Woodford reserve and double some oaked. Hmm. double oaked. I, I tell you, it was the first time I'd ever had it. It tastes just like Blanton's. Really? I will. Yes. I will try to bring you some. Uh, here you go. Jeff Martin. Actually, the five second delay is on my phone. The TV is now ahead of my ability to post a message. <laughs> pretty, soon, pretty soon he's going to find a way where he hears what we say before we say it. It's like that uh, Kyler Murray, Tim Tebow commercial. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm working on my anticipation. <laughs> you might want to get that. It's your mom. <laughs> hey, Miss <laughs> uh, but anyway, it. so uh, watched the Bama game there. Went yep. to the uh, the Alabama Gulf Coast Zoo. Meh, meh, meh. Yeah, meh. There, there's no elephants, so it's not truly no. a zoo. Uh, Carly said, "Where, uh, where did you stay on the beach?" Oh, Carly, he stayed off the beach. That's the whole point. Yeah, uh, we were at the Phoenix West. Normally, we go to my parents' condo at Beach Club in Fort Morgan. But uh, thanks to Hurricane, I don't know, uh, whichever hurricane it was uh, in June, uh, the the beach club is is under renovations. So we, we stayed at the 
Phoenix West. And it was fun. Uh, let's see. Jeffrey Martin, Bama. Did I get that right? Yeah. Uh, sure. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Uh, Roll Tide. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so had some bourbon hunting, had some fun. So instead of walking on the beach with the breeze and the sunset and I'm going to the gym. Really? Yeah. I don't like sand. <laughs> need, need I? No, I don't like sand. <laughs> it's false and it's rough and it gets everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> need, need I remind you what happened last time I was on the sand? No, the last time your truck was on sand. I'm trying to find the picture. <laughs> the last time I was in Gulf Shores... Let's see. Where is it? Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Keep them phones up scrolling. Here Keep we go. go. Scrolling. <laughs> Rick and Bubba, for those of you who are. Uh... Oh, wait. Here we go. Here we go. There we go. So the last time I was on the beach, that's my truck. That is. In the sand. Not um, that ain't my truck, like the country music song. Yeah. Jeffrey Martin, how, it was referencing being able to hear you before you said something. I see what you did there. <laughs> I mean, yes, Carly, if you want to pay the renter's fee for the condo, sure, go for it. I don't care. Renter's fee. Renter's fee. Yes, we what, have on Verbo or something. It's it, no, it's on. Uh, I forget what it's on, but I'll, I'll, I'll I can post the Rent, link. To renter's fee, please. I mean, I still have to pay for the. I still have to pay for the cleaning crew. Really? Yeah. Man. I mean, it's not like Indian beep. <laughs> the place that is dog. true. That is, nothing's <laughs> like Indian beep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yes, Carly, I know my family loves you, but you'd still have to rent it. They'd probably give you a discount. Just probably. <laughs> you, you I'm not did. feeling the love right now, man. They'd probably give you a discount you, off the did. renter's fee. You did have to deal with me in high school, so they'd probably and take college. sympathy on you then. And college. So, all right, Adam, as we're wrapping up, didn't you yeah. have a New Year's message that you wanted to give oh, to, Dave. to everybody? Uh, do you really want me to go there? So, so let me, what, what? Are you pulling a book off the shelf to read it because you want me to go there? All right, there, there. I've shared this kind of message once before, and certain people who are in our audience right now know I'm not referring to them if I say this, so I have to say that. But I was watching Soul and listening to some stories that people were telling me, and the part in Soul, um, this isn't too bad of a spoiler, where he kind of makes amends with his mom, right yeah. towards the end, and. It, it it made me realize watching what he was going through in that movie with his mom and some of the stories I've heard about parents and stuff like that from other people recently, the generation before us needs to let us make our mistakes and let us be who we are. And I think there's a law, larger lesson there that we all pretty much just need to let everybody be who they are. And I'm not talking about in a biblical, which kind of lifestyle is correct or anything like that. I'm just talking in general terms. We, like I mentioned earlier with social media, we have too many opinions about everything that everybody does. And if it's me and Dave and we're joking over text, you know, that's one thing, right? But if it's somebody you love and trust and care about, and they're constantly on you about everything you decide to do and things you say, and if you decide to move somewhere or do something like that, it gets really old. So quit. <laughs> quit. <laughs> quit. <laughs> when I say be kind to one another, so this week when I say be kind to one another, I kind of posted something referring to this on the page the other day. When I say be kind to one another, that is specifically in, specifically aimed at the generation before us, excluding certain people in our audience right now um, who just need to chill a little bit. Let people make mistakes, guide them as you want to, give them good advice. But when you have an opinion about something that is inconsequential, shut it. I'm done. Be positive now, Dave. Bring the positivity back. <laughs> Why should I worry? Why should I care? Oh, Oliver and Company. Yeah, there you go. Nice. <laughs> I've never seen that. I just know the music. What? No, maybe that. Maybe that's what we should do for a for a, a Patreon thing. 
You've never seen Oliver and Co. Mm-mm. Dude, and you like dude. You love Billy Joel. It's all about. I know. Billy Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Maybe we should watch Karate Kid too. Like having eighties and nineties day. Okay, I might be able to do that. Oh come on, dude! How can you just? How can you not like Karate Kid? Because he, I don't think the last kick was legal, man. It was. It was above the waist. Anything above the waist is legal. Okay. Oh, the crane I'm googling kicks. Daniel cheated Karate Kid right now, so I can make my true case. <laughs> in the time <laughs> Daniel Sun. Oh, Karate really- Kid's dirty secret. Daniel cheated to win the All Valley Tournament. And so let's add, let's really quick. Why is San Francisco so just focused on karate? I mean, is that where that was set? San Francisco? Yeah. yeah. The All Valley Tournament. Who cares about karate? (laughs) I don't remember karate gangs in high school. Do you? Carly Adams, stop judging. I'm merely reading an article that says that's the dirty secret. It wasn't a dirty kick. It was listed. They listed Daniel as a black belt, even though he'd been a student for two months and he wasn't one. Let's see what else. He stole a black belt and gave it to Allie to pass on to Daniel. Daniel had just turned 18, and the tournament was an under-18 competition. I mean, I can keep going. It was a 1984 movie. Come on. It came out around the time of Iron Eagle, for Pete's sake. I know, right? Hallelujah. Holy. Pass the Tylenol. Pass the Tylenol. Where's the Tylenol? All right, guys. Well, that hey, can I say too? Speaking of that, yeah. I saw a lot of people making Jelly of the Month Club memes about the six hundred dollars when it first came out. Now that the checks are rolling out, I don't see anybody complaining anymore. Now that the money's actually hitting the bank account, you know what I'm saying? I, now you can go buy yourself something Stop real nice. Political. I'm not being political. I'm just saying, gift horse I, in the mouth, and the horse comes up to your house, and you really get a horse. And you're like, oh, okay, I'll take the horse. Jeffrey Mark. And how I met your mother, Barney talked about Johnny as if he were the underdog. That is one of the greatest underlying themes of that whole show. It is great. Oh, you've never seen How I Met Your Mother either, have you? I forget. When you come home, the TV stays off. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, so Ooh. Adam, if they have a a hot take. What do they do to get into the Unrelated at Birth podcast? Well, it depends. If you're a previous generation, your hot take is about something we're doing, shut it. If it's not, sorry. Oh, call, troll. Six, call 650-UAB-SHOW. Spell it out hey. on your keypad. Not yet, Dave. Spell it out on your keypad. There will be a brief message, brief message followed by a beep. There you go. Thank you. Leave a message for us. 100% of the time, we will play it. Actually, we, we say that, and then we have a Virgil ask a question that we didn't play. Oh, we'll, we'll do it here in a minute. All right, we'll do it in a minute. Yeah. So anyway, 650-UAB-SHOW. Give us a call. Leave us a message. We'll play it. We'll discuss your take on the show, or you can share your take with us on the socials. Dave, how do they do that? I am at DAdams419 on Twitter and Instagram. He is at Runtide Run on Instagram, the show on Twitter at Not Related Bros, at Facebook and Instagram, just Unrelated to Birth. Uh, also join our Facebook fan group, Unrelated to Birth Facebook group, something like that. Listener group. Listen yeah. Also, patreon.com backslash Unrelated to Birth, $5 a month. Hey, our, our friend found us for the WDW couple. Awesome. Woot, woot. Thank you. Uh, we love Josh and Taylor, even though I do think Taylor is, is, you know, giving me the stiff arm every now and then, you know, whenever we get to hang out with them, Josh gets to come hang out, but, or be on the show, but Taylor has we still commented from the corner. It's like, just come <laughs> on the show for pizza. Well, anyway. Josh and Taylor anyway, but patreon.com backslash unrelated at birth, uh, $5 a month. Anything you put any, any cent we get from Patreon goes right back into this show. None of it goes to our pockets, I promise you. Um, also, just guys, thank you. Y- you allow us to be us. And that's 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 what we need. I needed this. This is therapy for me. Uh, so thank you all. All right, Adam. What does your well, dad 
Huh? What's that? Well, the beauty of it is, Dave, let me put, well, I'll say this while I'm pulling up the Virgil Asset question. The beauty of it is, is that people allow us to be us and we allow them to be them. And we all talk about stuff that we geek out about that maybe we don't have an opportunity to talk about anywhere else. Maybe we do, but that's the beauty of what we are doing here. Yep. And if I could spell on my phone, I would be able to find Google Voice. All right, here we go. Okay. So this week's Virgil asked a question. Since the 1870s, nearly every typewriter keyboard was called a QWERTY keyboard due to the six keys in the upper left portion of the keyboard. A professor from the University of Washington and his brother-in-law thought the QWERTY arrangement was destructive to the art of typing. So on May the 12th, 1936, they released their new arrangement to the world. With little or no promotion to change and only a modest 5% improvement in typing skill, the idea was never adopted. My question is, what was this new arrangement called? So I don't know the name of it, but I'm just going to say, guess, was it the ABC arrangement? Just how it's I don't think it was ABC. No, it's like um, it's it's some letters moved around, but I know that like it was like R S T L N E, almost like Wheel of Fortune, right? Where it where where your hands sit instead of A S D F J K L semicolon. So it was an hmm. arrangement like that. No, there were numbers um, weren't all across the top, and it was basically the most used ones. You don't have to move your fingers very far for was the whole idea, and it was called oh. the Dvorak system. Dvorak. But I have to say, can you imagine if there were accepted different ways of typing? <laughs> I mean, there's no chaos, dogs and cats living together. You know, it, I just can't imagine if there were like there's multiple accepted ways. There's that, that split keyboard. Oh, I love those things where they split it right. Like, like your hands yeah. set off to the side. I actually like those ergonomic keyboards. And then there's peck and type. <laughs> but they all use QWERTY. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> jokester. You big jokester. All right, guys. Well, that's it. That's it. We uh, say it every week. We love y'all. Uh, you know, you, you allow us to spend an hour or so with you every Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, I, I will leave you with this. Two quotes from the one, the great Walt Disney. Why worry? If you've done the very best you can, then worrying won't make it any better. And then finally, our greatest natural resource is the minds of our children. Walt Disney. Very nice, Dave. Adam, take them home. Very nice. My favorite Walt Disney quote, and this kind of goes back to what I said before, the way, to, the way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. And that's what all of us need to do is stop talking to one another, get to loving each other, get to living life. That's what soul was about. We were going to talk a little more soul, but get to living your life. Quit talking about it. Whatever it is that you want to do, go out there and do it. Be safe. Be kind to one another. And we love you, but not as much as Jesus does. And we will catch you next week. <laughs>